Hi, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 206, sweetie. You got that? That's awesome. And uh, Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom, that's you, and a logical and practical dad, that's me. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember, sweetie, our motto, that the best predictor of a child's well-being is what? Parent self-understanding. And our marketing strategy is <laughs> that um, we want our listeners to tell a friend about our show. There we go. Good enough? Good enough. We have an aggressive agenda. Okay. We're probably not going to get to it all. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about Malala. Okay. For those of you who don't know. What's the essence of the show? essence of the show is it's going to be awesome. Well, what's the title? Like, what do people have I don't to know. look forward We to? come up with a title after we record. Okay. So we don't know what the title is going to be. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about Malala, possibly talk about eight different parenting styles, um, maybe talk about a rough year, sweetie. Yeah. Um, the difference between leaping and escaping, and that's kind of uh, one that you yeah. wanted to talk about. I do. And then don't forget about my money master of the game, sweetie. I'm so excited about talking I'm, about I'm, finances. I'm reading a book, and I'm just going to give like a little, a little deal. Snapshot. Snapshot. It's going to take two minutes. Okay, perfect. All right, fair enough. But first, I want to talk about our first partner, and that's Dr. John Kelly. Uh, he's located on the northwest side of Chicago. He does something called facial orthotropics, or also known as non-retractable orthodontics. And he's doing that to our two older daughters. So if you live in the Chicagoland area, you definitely want to give him a call. If you have kids um, that are adolescents. I was just saying to you that when Cameron is, because JC's doing it too, but hers is a little different because she's older. Cameron's teeth are already so gorgeous yes. right now. Yeah. So he's getting there. 773-631-6844. The website is chicagodentistonline.com. And he's just a good normal dentist too, but he does a lot of other he's cool normal. stuff. normal. Normal and awesome. Mm-hmm. So first I want to talk about Malala. Now okay. most people at least have heard her name, but not everybody so. kind of knows the deal. So at the risk of ex, uh, upsetting my wife, I'm going to read this. Malala is known, is known mainly for human rights advocacy, for education, and for women, all right? In 2009, when she was 11, Malala wrote a blog under a pseudonym for the BBC detailing her life under Taliban occupation. There are attempts to take control of the valley and her views promoting education for girls in the Swat Valley. The following summer, this journalist from the New York Times wrote about her, and she started gaining um, prominence as like a 12-year-old girl. Malala rose in prominence giving interviews in print and television, and she was nominated for the International Children's Peace Prize by South African activist Desmond Tutu. That's a pretty good company. So on the afternoon of the 9th of October, 2012... Just over two years ago, sweetie, Malala boarded her school bus in the northwest Pakistani district of Swat. A gunman, a gunman, asked for her by name, then pointed a pistol at her and fired three shots. Yeesh. One bullet hit the left side of her forehead, traveling under her skin through the length of her face, and then she went into her shoulder. In the days immediately following the attack, she remained unconscious and in critical condition, but later her condition improved. So, uh, and then on October 12th, a group of 50 Islamic clerics in Pakistan issued, um, I don't know what this word is, against those who tried to kill her. But the Taliban reiterated their intent to kill her and her dad. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm that, sure the dad is a target. So that's Malala. But they don't live there anymore. No. Yeah. They, they got they out live. of there. But she's she's not backing down. I mean, she's targeted. Well, and let me, just because I'm focusing on words, you said they got out of there. They didn't want to get out of there. Their no. family's there. But yeah. they can't go back to where they lived. Yeah, it's a suicide mission. Yeah, it's, they're a target. So, so Malala won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. And she accepted it last goodness. week. Yes. And this is a two-minute clip. You got two minutes in you? Sure. Some people call me the girl who was shot by the Taliban. As far as I know, I'm just a committed and even stubborn person who wants to see every child getting quality education. When my world suddenly changed, my priorities changed too. I had two options. One was to remain silent and wait to be killed. And the second was to speak up and then be killed. I chose the second one. I decided to speak up. I tell my story, not because it is unique, but because it is not. Though I appear as one girl, it's five foot, two inches tall, if you include my high heels. Mm. I am not a lone voice. I am many. I am Malala, but I'm also Shazia. I'm Kainat. I'm Kainat Somro. I'm Mozun. I am Amina. I am those 66 million girls who are deprived of education. In year 2015, representatives from all around the world will meet. It is not time to tell the world leaders to realize how important education is. They already know it. Their own children are in good schools. Now it is time to call them to take action for the rest of the world's children. So it becomes the last time that we see a child deprived of education. Let this end with us. Let's begin this ending together, today, right here, right now. Let's begin this ending now. Thank you so much. Thank you. What do you think? That was lovely. That was great. It's fantastic. I. It's funny because... Uh, this is kind of random, but it's the first thing I wrote down as I was listening to her. First of all, I love the new description of the word stubborn because we often think of stubborn as being negative, And stubborn is actually meaning persistence and perseverance in Malala's case. And also, I, we did this weekend, my friend Jessica had a birthday party and we did this whole meditation and kind of a spirit animal thing. And one of the, it's kind of a long story, but one of the spirit animals that came was a caribou. And the message from caribou was, because I didn't know a thing about caribous. I don't know if you guys do, but I knew nothing about it. And the message was to live an uncommon life. And that she says that she says, you know, I'm, you know, my story isn't common. And that's exactly the way it's supposed to be, meaning we're supposed to speak out and not 
constantly try and blend in and constantly try. You know, it's funny because when people say keep peace, I'm just going to keep the peace by blending in. They're actually doing quite the opposite. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. Well, by not speaking, the boat is rocking. Right. And we have to kind of have a paradigm shift there where we have to be more caribou-ish, sweetie. We have to have uncommon lives and Malala's screams uncommon. Well, here's my thing. Okay. I feel so small when thinking about her. Totally, me too. Because, in you the know, best way, small. In the best way. And what I mean by that is she has uh, accomplished so much with the courage that I can only have in my dreams. I mean, the little things that I get scared about <laughs> seem so small. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say this because I might hurt somebody's feelings. Right. I'll or, disappoint somebody. Or I'll disappoint somebody. This 11-year-old girl stood on a mountaintop and said, I deserve to be educated. Yeah. And they tried to kill her. Yeah. And now that they tried to kill her, she's still speaking about it. Yeah. And won the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. So if you want to know who the heroes are. Well, and you know what's going on in Australia right now, right? I know a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know much about it either, but I do know that there were some, you know, hostages taken. And it obviously, there's some connection to, um, it's a terrorist act. And so what's happening or what's supposedly happening is people who are of Muslim descent who live in Australia feel like they are at threat mm-hmm. or at risk of being harmed. So the story is, is that there was a woman um, riding on public transportation and there was a Muslim woman who got on public transportation and decided to start taking off her headdress yeah. because she was worried about mm-hmm. retaliation. And this it made me cry this morning when I read this. There was a woman who said, um, she said, you don't need to take that off. I'll mm. ride with you. Mm. And she um, then tweeted that or someone heard it and tweeted it. And now there's a new, um, what's it called? Hashtag? Yeah, that says, I'll ride with you. Mm. Nice. And, you know, we have to stop thinking that someone who is causing this turmoil represents a religion or a culture because they don't. They are extremists and they are not sane and they do not represent um, all people of Muslim descent. Damn right. Um, Sweetie, I'm going to make you laugh because you're crying. (laughs) Um, It's Christmas coming up, isn't it? Yes. Whoever heard of a skinny Santa? (laughs) Eat Eat. Is that Mrs. Claus? Yes. Eat, Papa, eat. And here's the funniest thing about that. He doesn't eat until Christmas, and all of a sudden, Christmas Day, he goes from morning to being really skinny at night to being really uh, heavy. So he really ate a lot that day. Yeah, he did. You wouldn't mind my red nose? Not if you don't mind me being a dentist. It's a deal. Yeah, I don't really. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen this. We movie. just watched. Oh, you weren't there. The yeah. girls and I watched it the other night. We wa- I watch it every year, and it becomes more funny to me every year. I loved it as a kid for my own reasons, because the Abominable is my favorite Christmas character of all time, Bumble. But also because the dialogue is hilarious. <clears throat> not you- a, not as hilarious as this, sweetie. Okay. It's a, it's a one year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <sighs> oh God. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. 
Chris, you're not doing anything constructive. Run into the living room, get my stogie. Sweetie, I'll take Christmas vacation over Rudolph any day of the week. Well, I mean, it's all relative. Rudolph isn't about, like, quality material. It's about nostalgia. And I kind of, that's kind of true about Christmas vacation, too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's funny, don't get me wrong, but it's not like it's the best movie made. It just holds up. There are more clips to come. Okay. So for those who think they're going to turn their podcast off, just you wait. All right. There's more where that came from. Don't be turning stuff off. Sweetie, there is, I found this, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but there's eight different parenting styles explained. Some lady named Denise Sterk, I don't know who she is, but she put something on whatever, USA Today or Huffington Post. I don't even know where I got it. doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their own opinion and parenting is no exception. From helicopter parents to serenity parenting, every style of child rearing has its pros and cons, passionate believers and doubters. The terms can be a little confusing, so check this out. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say the term, and you tell me in one sentence or two what you know about it. Okay. Helicopter parenting. What is that? It's where parents hover around and don't let their kids fail. Um, they have in parentheses cosseting parenting. You ever heard of that? No. Uh-uh. That's, that's also with uh, helicopter. Um, attachment parenting. Yeah, attachment parenting. Is that the same as helicopter? No, gosh, no. Attachment parenting is the whole concept of, especially when they're very little, to allow them to be with you as much as possible so they can form that bond and attachment. A lot of co-sleeping, that kind of thing. That was made famous by a guy named Dr. Dr. Sears. Yeah. But then there's baby-led parenting. Never heard Uh, of this. I I don't know what they're defining as. And this is Dr. Spock. Oh, Spock, he was our guy when this, we were little. This style of parenting is similar to attachment parenting in that these parents keep their baby close at all times, feed on demand, and co-sleep. However, the main principle of this style, coined by Dr. Spock, is that the baby is the boss. Yeah. Parents look for baby to decide what she needs next rather than creating a schedule for feedings. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's Whatever. interesting, yeah. Natural parenting. Natural parents that desire to live and parent responsibly and consciously. Natural parents are eco-friendly, holistic, and known for gentle methods of discipline. Never heard of that one. Green. I thought you were going to ask me the ones. Sorry. Are you just skipping ahead? Well, I didn't know. Have you ever heard of natural parenting? Yeah. I mean, here's... Sounds like a made-up thing. I feel like you're going to comment on all of these together, so I don't know if I should make a grand comment about it right now. They're all just... It's just words. I mean, and what I mean by that is I don't mean these things don't exist. I just mean that... We like to put labels on things and say, I am this, I am this, I am this. But I am Malala. I am, I would, yeah, that's that, that I would feel proud saying. But so all these things have value or. What about this one, sweetie? Tiger parenting. Does that have value? To some people, it does. What is tiger parenting? Tiger parenting was made famous by Amy Chua. Chua, or she wrote a book called, you know. Battle Him of the Tiger Mother. Exactly. And basically what it was the way that she kind of directs what her children do and the expectation of what they do, because in Chinese culture, that is what is revered, is success in those typical ways. Tough disciplinarian mother, tiger parents follow suit. These parents are known for being strict and for putting their children academic careers before anything else. What's interesting is it says tiger parenting and in parentheses it says, or Chinese parenting. Right. Well, she was of Chinese descent. I know, but if I'm a Chinese person who believes in baby-led parenting, I'm kind of insulted by the fact that they would call this Chinese parenting. Well, that's kind of my whole point in this whole list is we start to label and decide what we are, and we are many, many things depending on the different day. Here's some more I've never heard of. You ready? Yeah. Free-range parenting. I assume that's that your children get to... Are they chickens? (laughs) Gobble, gobble. No, uh, that's turkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, Slow... (laughs) 
and it says, or slow parenting. In contrast to tiger parents, uh, free-range parents, uh, that philosophy believes that instead of planned or organized activities, children should simply be allowed to explore the world at their own pace. Well, it's interesting. Slow parenting was kind of big about two years ago, like everyone was saying that. And they did a news report, a CBS news report on my parent coaching in my first two books. Yeah. And they, their whole title for it was that I was uh, oh, really? pushing slow parenting. And not that I think slow parenting is bad because a lot of the things I talk about are allowing your children to, you know, to not overschedule them, to not constantly be moving, moving and productive. So in some ways, but I didn't label it slow parenting. CBS News did. Um, then there's uh, serenity parenting, sweetie. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me too. <laughs> serenity now. Um, that's from Seinfeld. It's Costanza. Serenity parenting emphasizes the child's nature is more prominent than nurture. Brian Kaplan, author of the book Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids, Why Being a Great Parent is Less Work and More Fun Than You Think, encourages moms and dads to follow this type of parenting by using the wise words of the serenity prayer to accept the things they cannot change about their child. See, I mean, that's lovely. And I, I don't, I haven't read Brian's book or anything, so I'm not going to say it's bad or good. But what I'm going to say is, can't we just all use it without, because I have yeah, like, that in my book. Have, why do we have to title? Yeah. That's what I mean. That prayer is accessible to all of us, no, no matter what we're no, doing. No, sweetie. Only for people <laughs> who claim themselves as serenity parents. Okay. Anybody who's in health. Well, there's also the doing the best you can parenting, which is the author, Denise. That's what she came up with. Well, is, you know what the doing the best you can parent probably comes from, even though I know she probably made it up to to prove her point, Mm -hmm. is, you know, D.W. Winnicott, who is one of our, um, you know, psychologists from, uh, what am I trying to say? He is a researcher and pioneer in the world of psychology. That's what I'm trying to say. And I had to learn about him excessively, but I was glad because Winnicott is somebody that I love, um, you know, what he teaches. And he coined the phrase... Um, the good enough mother or the good enough parent. And what that basically means is exactly what she's saying. You do what you can in any given moment as best as you can and that you don't hold yourself up to a standard of perfection or inaccessibility because then you're constantly feeling guilt and shame about your parenting. Sweetie, Denise forgot to include one on the list. Which one? Zen parenting. Ooh, I like that. If, If you had to write a sentence about Zen parenting, what would you say? Practicing self-awareness and allowing your children to be who they are. And I'd say just be cool, man. Yes. And keep, keep trucking. Trucking. Um, so, yes. But no, our whole thing is there is no, there is no title label. to what we do. We had to name our show something so we went with Zen. But pull from all of these. Right. There's times when you can discipline with love, right? Isn't there ways you can do it? Well, I mean, I know you I don't, don't really like the word, the word discipline. discipline. Yeah. Guide. Of course. There's times that we practiced attachment parenting and there's times that we didn't. There was times that I believe academic um, attentiveness is important and there's times that it doesn't mean anything. Anything at all. There's times that I use the serenity prayer and they have nothing to do with parenting. Right. There's times that I believe that their nature is most important and there's times that I realize nurture can play a huge role. Um, You know, every single one of these – if, if the green one, what's the green one? The holistic one? Natural parenting. Natural parenting. I mean, don't we all want to do that for the world? Not yeah. just because we're a certain kind of parent. Right. So I think we have to be careful. It's kind of like about, I don't know, nine years ago, I'm a vegetarian and I don't normally state that to people just because it's irrelevant. It's just kind of the way I like to eat. And 
the, when I when that happened, I was working with a woman when I made that choice for myself. She said, don't go around telling people you're a vegetarian because then all of a sudden you're held to this crazy standard of what you eat and what you don't eat. And there may be a day that you decide, hey, I'd like to have a steak and there's nothing wrong with right. that. And when I was pregnant at one point, um, I did have meat again and had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Our choices are – you know, again, sometimes we get so stuck in the idea that we lose track of the present moment. Well, ideology and ideology. titles and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah. All right. So, our next uh, partner is Dr. Kelly, and that's our other Dr. Kelly, and she adjusts us uh, on a weekly basis. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, actually. Well, sometimes starting, we go weekly. And sometimes starting we go in January. Bi-weekly. Yeah. But um, her number is six three zero. Nine four one eighty seven thirty three. She's the only pediatric chiropractor that we know of in Elmhurst. But wow. if you don't live in Elmhurst or the Chicagoland area, uh, chiropractic care is something you and I feel very strongly yeah, about. So if you're so. in Maine or Oregon or anywhere in between, look up your chiropractor. Mm-hmm. It's wellness. And find a chiropractor that you feel comfortable with because it's overall, you know what it is? Preventative wellness. Yes. For some of us, we go to a chiropractor Preventative wellness tells me like you want to prevent wellness. So I don't know if I like that terminology. Oh, okay. Then maybe I said that wrong. Let me think about the words. Preventative. Uh, how Sickness. About, no, we need, instead of preventative, let's use... Nurturing no. wellness. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is let's take care of our health rather than wait for a crisis. And it's funny because I go to, besides going to Dr. Kelly, I went to a new practitioner. Um, She's a holistic practitioner and she focuses on a lot of preventative care. Yeah. That's what I think I'm looking for. And, you know, vitamins and making sure that you're, you know, keeping, taking care of yourself so you don't run into crisis. And of course, insurance has an issue with this. Yeah. You know, they they will love to pay for something when something bad happens. Right. But when you're actually trying to make choices. Yeah, and it's going to be cheaper down the line if you are healthier yes. instead of waiting for a big heart attack to come. So we kind of have things mixed up. But anyway, uh, chiropractic care is one of those ways that you can keep yourself in good condition. I just thought I found a way to, to fit in. You'll never fit in. Who's talking to that guy? Well, that's his head elf guy. And yeah. nobody likes Herbie because – is it Hermie or Herbie? It says Hermie, H-E-R-M-E. It's Hermie because Hermie doesn't want to make toys. He wants to be a dentist. And everybody's just really uptight about that. Yeah. And he just What's wants the big to be deal? a dentist. There's nothing wrong with being a dentist. No, and he's reading books. He's not going to school for it, but he reads books and then he becomes a dentist. Oh, he does? Uh-huh. Oh, good. At the end, he takes out the Bumble's teeth. Oh, and that's that snowman guy that So you then like. he can't eat people, yeah. Oh, yeah. so he was going to eat people before? Yes, he was going to eat. You said he's a good guy, though. Well, he's kind of one of those Grinch types mm. who at first isn't making good choices. But then when his teeth Just come like out. Just like our kids. <laughs> yeah. And then his teeth come out and then he puts the star on top of the, t- the tree. Papa, how can I eat? That silly elf song is driving me crazy. Santa's having a bad day okay, there. That cracked us up because when the girls and I watched, we you know we pick up on parts every year, and the elves sing this song for Santa that they've been practicing, and they're so excited. And then when they finish, Santa said it needs some work. That's what he had to say. <laughs> and they were like, oh. And they of course blame Hermie because he didn't show up for practice, so he was the reason Santa didn't like it. But I don't know if Can that's I refill true. your eggnog for you. Get you something to eat. Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Just glad to be here. Yeah. All right, thank God we're all right here. 
truck. Do you want to sleep? Think I don't know that? Come on, you guys, don't fight. Well, for Christ's sake, I didn't do this on purpose. He didn't do it on purpose, sweetie. Is Eddie wearing his dicky? Yes, he is wearing his dicky. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie. Oh, I wish that he was a normal dude. He's a crazy guy, isn't he? Randy Quaid? Yeah. I don't know. Is no, he? I think he's like uh, missing an action or he really went, he went to Canada or something. Oh, that's too bad. He's Yeah, he's funny. Um, so now the heavier content okay. of the show. We were going to talk because talking about Malala and the Taliban and everything. Well, Malala is uplifting. Yeah, uh, that's true. The difference between leaping and escaping. We wanted to have a discussion about this. Well, you know, something that sometimes I realize is depending on where you are in your own journey, sometimes you hear people say something. And you make an assumption that it means something other than it does. And what I mean by that is a lot of times Todd and I talk about saying no to things or jump in the, you know, leap and the net will appear or, you know, quit doing things that don't serve you. And sometimes people think that means cut and run. Right. You know what I mean? Just bail. Just bail. Like whenever you're confronted with With uh, challenges. Challenges. You're saying, well, I'm going to take care of myself by escaping out of the situation. Right. And that can mean by, you know, something extreme like moving somewhere else or saying see ya to your family or, um, you know, quitting your job all out of the blue or – and here's the thing. I Sometimes – So because sometimes you feel like sometimes your advice can very easily be, be misconstrued. Mis- misinterpreted, misconstrued. Because depending on where you are, you hear what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And – And the reason I know this to be is because I've done this before. I've listened to speakers before or listened to people give advice, and I will take their advice and kind of turn it in my favor. Yeah, make it into my own story, which serves me and makes me feel good about myself, even though there's things that I should probably look in the mirror. Yes. Any time your whole thought is cut and run, that's probably not the best choice, meaning that's basically escaping. Right. Escaping is very different than self-awareness and taking responsibility. Right. And it just so happened, you know, as things always happen, that Todd and I were talking about this last night and how it's really important to make sure people understand that message when we talk about, you know, leaping, um, that you also have to – the bottom line is underneath all that leaping is responsible choices, meaning you have to recognize that um, every choice you make – comes back to you in another way. Meaning I was listening to an old Oprah show this morning on her radio station and Gary Zukav was was on and he was talking about choosing responsibly. And basically what he means by that is many things. First of all, we always have choices no matter what's happening. Even tragedy, we always have a choice on how to view it and how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, people will say, oh, the world is happening to me. And, and sometimes there are things that are overwhelming, but we always have a choice of how to view it. That's number one. And number two, we have to understand that the choices we make make a ripple effect in the world and they come back to us. It's that sense of karma. So when we're just kind of like, screw everybody else mm-hmm. and I'm going to make this choice – we have to remember that that's not necessarily in the same vein as leap and the net will appear. Right. And I think the um, – I feel like it. it's where does that decision yes. come from? Yes, intention. And if your intention is to escape because you don't want to deal, deal with, with something, Thank you. Thank you. then you might be in some trouble. But if you've already gone through whatever challenge you're going through – and there's literally no other choice, then you need to remove yourself from that yeah. situation. If you've been, but it's after 
working your tail off to make the situation right. Beautiful. That is, Todd's right on the mark. Intention and, you know, and having a big vision mm-hmm. of what your choices are. Like, for example, it, with my college students, when we talk about self-awareness and self-care, a lot of times I talk about things like you got to find things that make you feel good. And, and of course, for college students, what makes them feel good? Going out and getting hammered. Going out and getting hammered and partying. And I always have to frame that and say, there's nothing wrong with going out with your friends and having a good time, but doing things that make you feel good mean things that are good for you in the long run. And binge drinking is not good. That's an escape in itself. And it's short term. It's totally short term. You feel good for that night. And then you wake up hung over the next day. If you escape, let's say that you have a problem with your sister and you're like, you know what? I'm not dealing with her anymore. I'm going to cut her out of my life. Yes. And then, you know, 20 years goes by and you realize that you don't have a, a, a relationship with your sister. I mean, th- th- there's a cost that came with that decision. Versus something that'll look similar to other people but is different is this. Your intention is I've been trying to work things through with my sister. I can't – it's not working. Maybe there's something toxic. There's something where I feel harmed. So I am going to detach with love, continue to love her, but make choices that set up boundaries so I can make sure that I'm not getting harmed and making sure. But I'm not going to run away mm-hmm. or never return a call or I'm just going to – the intention is so different. Where on the outside, some people may say – Oh, she bailed. She bailed. And maybe she didn't. But the you didn't run away. Right. You had thoughtful intention. And if that person happened to make some shifts or there was some forgiveness or maybe that could change, but running away is basically putting your head in the sand. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us have that as an old pattern. And I think part of adulthood, especially as a parent, is we've got to relook at that because that's the thing that's hurting us is the running away, you know, and to make it on a very basic level, the hard discussions, you know, when someone hurts you or you feel hurt, maybe they didn't hurt you, but you're feeling hurt by whatever's, you've got to bring it up. You can't, you know, so many people will tell me, I just didn't want to talk about it. I just didn't want to bring it up. I just didn't want to rock the boat. I just didn't feel like dealing with it. They take what they perceive as the path of least resistance and it ends up being the path that will inevitably destroy whatever relationship they're in. Or yes, or it could be something at work. You know, you don't speak up at work, you don't speak up at work and then all of a sudden you're passed over and you hate your job and you you know, and then we'll cut and run and say, "Well, forget them, it's all their fault." You've always got to see your that you have a choice in that matter. And your choices may be um difficult in times, but as long as like Todd said you're working from that place of good intention for yourself and others and um you know a bigger picture rather than right now i want to feel better um then i think you're in good shape but i just wanted to have kind of reframe that because sometimes i say things to people and they kind of use my words and turn it a different way and i'm like well wait a second that's not, that's what, not I what i said right. um so but anyway thank you todd for Obliging? Yes. Well, not obliging for bringing well, that I up. I need you to oblige me right now. Oh, uh-oh. are we talking about finances? So there's this book I'm reading called Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins, who's an amazing human being. And a few things I want to share. He, he talks about a lot about saving money and how to save money. And there's a few examples that I want to run by you real quick. Well, the first thing is, do you know that 
as of today, there's a 50% chance among married couple that at least one spouse will live to the age of 92. Amazing. And a 25% chance that one will live to 97. Like that's really scary from a saving money standpoint. Because if we say we're going to work until we're 65 and then live off our savings from 65 to when we die, that's a long time. a long time. So he talks about how you got to start early and and every money management book or magazine will always say the earlier you start, but there's a few different, uh, and he talks about the magic of compound interest. You want to know what Albert Einstein said about compound interest? He once called it the most important invention in all of human history. Ooh, wow. And the idea behind compound interest is like you save a dollar and then it becomes $2 and that $2 grows and it just compounds on itself, Mm -hmm. okay? So a quick example, if you have a dollar and you double it every year for 20 years, after 20 years, what do you think you have? I'm not going to make you guess. Yeah. $1.04 million. Oh my gosh. Now here's the thing. But he talks a lot about taxes and fees and things like that. If we pay 33% taxes on that exact same scenario, that $1 million will go all the way down to what do you think? Probably half that, right? $28,000. Oh, my gosh. So it goes from a million to 28000 to $28, And the reason that that is brought up is because that is how much taxes and costs and fees it's a headwind to ha- to be able to save money. Mm. So the idea, so now I'm going to give you one more scenario. Sure. All right. So you and I decide that we're going to save money, but we do it a little differently. Okay. I started when I was 20 years old mm-hmm. and I invested $4,000 every year for 20 years and it grows at 10%. Are, are you, is this a real scenario? This is, no, this You're is making a, this a up. Make, made up scenario. You, instead of started when you were 20, which is when I started, you started at 40. Totally different. And you invested $4,000 all the way until when you're 65. So I only invested money for 20 years. You invested from when you're 40 all the way till you turn 65. So I did it for 25 years. Right. You did it for more. You actually put more money in. Okay. So after that 20 years, when you when you turn 65, you have less than $400,000 and I have over $2.5 million. Jeez. So the idea behind that example is it's not about that you – need to save all this money right now. You just need to get started right now. And this is like a financial message to our listeners is it's not about the big, huge sums of money. For example, if you saved 40 bucks a week, that's it. All right. 40 bucks a week. And that comes out to $2,000 a year. And if you do that for 40 years, it turns into $581,000. Wow. That's it. That's 40 bucks a week turns into 580 grand. I know. So- That's my money tip of the day. Well, you know, it's funny. You should come do uh, – oh, whoops. My yeah, earphone went out. Yeah, so did mine. Thanks a lot, sweetie. Did it Did it really? I think we're just going to have to oh. – Did it come back? It came back. Okay, cool. Nice job. Um, the – I think it would be interesting if you came and taught my college kids for a day. Oh, I would love to. But you know what you have to do? Narrow it down to like three or four things and not give them a whole spiel. It's got to be – and you should just do this for kids all over the place. Yeah. But, you know, like a top five mm-hmm. of if you want, you know, yeah. to do well for yourself, do these five things. I will do that. Cool. Right. I'm excited. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about because we're 35 minutes in is that a listener had a question. Okay. All right. And you have not heard this question okay. yet. And I'm not allowed if I'm to say her name, so I'll keep her name out of it. I'm reaching out in the hope that you may be able to offer some advice. My Okay. Uh, my husband tends to be spiritual and emotional. And I fall into more of the logical and practical. So it's kind of a role reverser between you and I. We have a son who's almost three and a daughter who's only three months old. 
Coinciding with our daughter's birth, our son has been having increasing sleep problems, trouble going to sleep, multiple night wakings, rising very early. As a result, as a result he, has some very he has become very overtired and can be quite a handful to deal with, and we are also very overtired too. We have reached the point where we feel we need to do some more strict sleep training mm. than we have done in the past. While I am ready and supportive of this, my husband is struggling to balance this with being sensitive to the son's emotional needs. I'm wondering if you have any advice, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I want to say two things. Number one, that I totally understand that whole idea of being so sleep deprived that you just have to do something because I've been there three times right. <laughs> with my children um, or you know more than three times. Well, what I mean is having three children, I understand that breaking point. And for the mother, usually, yeah. it's more. Yeah. I think that Todd could definitely say he got more sleep than I did. That's safe to say. Yes. <laughs> so so I say that because I want to make sure that I give you that validation. Go ahead. But what, having said that, um, so I think what you're saying is it might be easier for the husband to say, hey, let's yes, just back off that's because- what I want to do. But if she's nursing and she's the one more sleep deprived than the husband, it's just easier for the dad to say- well, let's just let's continue doing. Let's keep what doing, we're doing what we're doing, and because it may not be working for her. That's right, and I, and I say that because there were times you're with your when your children are little, you're with them all day, and bedtime is so important to be alone. And when I say alone, I don't mean for the reasons that people say for your marriage and all this. I just mean you need to get people off you. Mm -hmm. Like I need to. So when I would go to bed and I'd have a child waking up constantly, it was really anxiety provoking. Yeah. So I say that. At the same time, here's the paradox, the whole idea of the sleep training, even though there's pieces of it that may work, like um, we would sometimes let uh, the girls kind of just talk a little bit and cry a little bit in their crib because sometimes crying is just – it's not always a – you can kind of tell the difference between a scream for help right. and just kind of like a, a easing into your sleep. Right. You know, sometimes the girls would kind of cry like, ah, ah and they, they just were kind of – Taking what am I trying getting to say? Their taking day it out? down, yeah. Taking getting their day out, like I could tell the difference instinctually. So there's nothing wrong with letting them kind of do that in their crib and seeing if they can calm themselves down. But the whole concept of putting them in their bed and even when they're screaming and crying and needing that support, keeping the door closed and not showing up for them, we know now research-wise, that this is not good for them. Yeah. And I don't mean because you're labeling yourself an attachment parent or not an attachment parent, but the whole idea is that it's them kind of in their, they're in that trust and mistrust phase mm -hmm. is, is someone going to show up for me? And sometimes what we have to do instead of being really static about it has to look a certain way. We have to be creative. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I finally kind of was like, okay, let's do this, was we created a bed on the floor yeah. where I was like, I need my space in my bed. Yeah. But you can come in whenever you need. Yeah. I'm not going to put a bunch of structure around it yeah. and lay on the floor and sleep. Or we fall asleep with them in their bed mm -hmm. and then we go back to bed. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of parents are like, I don't want to do that. I know. Mm -hmm. But... First of all, take the fear out that you think you're going to have to do that the rest of your life because you don't. It's not going to happen. My girls are growing up and we did a million different things and they want space now. Right. You know, And occasionally they still come in our bed. Yeah. No problem with that. So a lot of times the reasoning I hear from people is if I don't teach them now, they'll never learn. Not true. Yeah. Okay? And really what you're trying to build now is that connection 
and that trust and that feeling of when they are in need, you can be there. But the big but is do that in a way where you're not going crazy. Right. Well, and I feel like there's a balance between, you know, like complete strict sleep training and then the other side of it, which is where the baby, you know, runs everything. Right. And there's a balance between there the two. absolutely is. Having said that, we almost always erred on the side of too much attention. Yeah. That rather than not enough attention. Or how about we say this, rather than too much, we'll say we let them tell us when they needed attention because it was human. Well, and there's part like if the baby's crying, baby needs to be consoled. And the mother instinct piece, this is the self-awareness piece, Mm -hmm. is that being able to not 100% of the time, but a lot of times interpreting their cries. So you know, is that a releasing into sleep kind of cry and kind of a tension release cry? Or is that a, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And I don't, do you remember the whole like interpreting cries time? Oh yeah. Where you can kind of say- You were really good at it. I was kind of good at it, but you were really good at it. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, I need to go in there now. You feel it. And a lot of times, I don't know if you moms had this experience, but sometimes I would wake up before they cried. Mm -hmm. I would like kind of wake up and then I hear them cry. So- that's a really important place too. That's again going back to Todd's like labels for parenting. When we get too focused on an idea, concept, or how things should go, we lose our intuition because we think, you know, it's kind of like you looking at a baby book and saying, this is how things should go. Then we lose track of what feels right in the moment. One thing I'll say is that if you're struggling, it sounds like they're struggling, have a plan before you go to bed. Because if you try to negotiate and discuss in the mm-hmm. middle of the night between you and your spouse, it usually doesn't end very well because right. you're tired and you're half out of it. So say, tonight, I'm going to wake up first. Yes. Or tonight, you're going to wake up first. Or tonight, we're going to let him cry for two minutes. Ten minutes, or, five minutes. Right. So have the plan before plan. you go to bed. You can always change the plan, but have it. That way, when you wake up in the middle of the night, half asleep... You you and your partner are on the same page. And the other piece that I think is vitally important is the way that we're talking to our kids about this. Because a three-month-old is still in that place where they still think they're attached to you, literally. But your three-year-old who's having a hard time sleeping, don't use guilt and shame and behavior modification because we're actually going to have a sleep – Sometime soon on the show in the next couple of weeks. We already taped it, but we're going to put it on for you. And, you know, he makes, he makes the most vital point, which is children cannot control falling asleep. Yeah. You're asking them to do something that they is impossible. They can't do. And nor can we. We no. can't decide to fall asleep. What we can do is we can decide to lay on a bed and close our eyes. And relax. And then maybe our sleep will come to us. But... The one thing he says in the interview is the worst thing you could tell your kid is to fall asleep. Or, you know, now you need to go to sleep or don't get up again. Or And it seems so... silly because us parents have always done that. We've yes. always said time to go to sleep right? because it's very benign. But what you're doing is asking this young person to do something they have absolutely no control over. And you're over. creating a tension and an anxiety that they don't know how to reconcile. And the the thing that you can say to your son is, you know, you can create a routine like the bath or books or relaxation or, you know, Todd and I have this thing that puts stars on the ceiling that move around so the girls can kind of watch them and help that relax their eyes. You can do, I'm not, you can set up structures, but you cannot demand that your child goes to sleep. So if you can remove some of that guilt and shame and fear, I'm not, I I guess I'm assuming that's even there. That may not be there. But if you feel like you're doing that, take that piece out and you might find it becomes easier. 
because I think the more pressure we put on our kids, the more anxiety they have. And you don't want to shame your kids because you know what happens, sweetie? What? You better go home with your folks. From now on, gang, we won't let Rudolph join in any reindeer games, right? <laughs> oh, boy. What a stellar coach. Really harsh. Yeah, really harsh. He was kind of mean because all he had was a red nose, honey. That's right. You know, come on. What's the big whoop? You know who doesn't mind? Uh, the children? Clarice. Of course. Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. No. Oh. Clarice from Rudolph's Red Nose Reindeer. That she is, doesn't care. Who's Clarice? That's the girl that likes him. And they walk home together right after that coach says that. She says, I don't mind your red nose. Yeah, what's the big deal? And she sings a song to him then. Will you sing it for us right now? Memories. There's always tomorrow when dreams can come true. Well, what do you want? You you promised to walk me home. Aren't you going to laugh at my nose, too? I think it's a handsome nose. Much better than that silly false one you were wearing. It's terrible. It's different from everybody else's. But that's what makes it so grand. Why, any doe would consider herself lucky to be with you. Yeah? But I wasn't very lucky today, was I? I wish... I... I wish... I... There's always tomorrow for dreams to come true. Believe in your dreams, come what may. Sweetie, you got a better voice than that lady. Oh, yeah, right. How about that, Clarice? She's pretty smart. Yeah. And, you know, if I was a deer, I'd be like, yeah, she's cute. She Well, she's so great. Yeah. And she's, and you know, besides being cute, she's got her act together, man. She knows what's going on. Judy, I see the cuteness in the deer. You see that she's got her act together. Well, what does that say about us? <laughs> <clears throat> I was trying not to be weird, but I guess I was anyways. Because you were attracted to Clarice If the deer. I was a deer, Clarice <laughs> would be like, you know, um, but there's one other. You want to ride behind somebody who does something like that? We're going to pull around them and leave them safely behind us. Burn some dust here. Eat my rubber. <laughs> That's when Russ says, Dad, don't you mean eat my dust, burn some rubber? And he's like, whatever, Russ, whatever. Uh, yeah, that Russ. I don't like that Russ. Sweetie, let's talk about um, our promotion. You have a book that just came out. I do. Great Christmas gift. So, yeah, but we're getting down to it here. I know, but I'm... people, some people listen to us on Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll okay. ship it out by so the end of the week. So if you are listening to this, what's the date? 16th and 17th? Uh, this will be released on December 16th. So you have like maybe a day or two left mm-hmm. to order the book and have it by Christmas. If you want it for the new year, then order it whenever and right. you know we'll ship it out. But there is going to be that huge lag time because of the holiday and also because Todd and I are And you have be... the three book pack. Yeah, so you can get all three books for $35, which is kind of a good deal because yeah. I think each of the smaller ones are twelve ninety five, and then the big one is 17 So um, anyway, it's called Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, um, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. My other two books are called The Self-Aware Parent 1 and The Self-Aware Parent 2. And please order them. And on my website or on Amazon. If you do it on Amazon, then you can go buy Amazon's timetable. And then we're going to have those uh, winter hats that will probably be here by the end of the week. Are they really? Yeah. I can't wait. So I'm going to wear it all the time. It says BU on one side and ZPR on the other. And if you do any shopping on Amazon, go to our webpage first. If you click in the search box and then do your shopping. You know what? Someone already ordered the hat. Yeah, I know. Did you see that? I did. Okay, cool. Um, so if you do any shopping on Amazon, do us a favor, go to zenparentingradio.com first and then do your shopping from the Amazon search box on our homepage and we get a small cut of that. So 
And then uh, what else? Anything else? We have the Mask You Live In coming to uh, Elmhurst, where Todd and I live outside of Chicago. Um, Todd's been working his booty off to get this documentary to our town and not only get it here, but get it in a real theater. Because even though we're all for screenings in schools and stuff, I think that's just as valuable and important. There's something very enticing for people about going to the theater it is tentatively scheduled for march march 11th 11th. so so that will be good don't forget about our last partners avid company sweetie love avid painting and remodeling throughout the chicagoland area 630-956-1800 anything else you want to say sweetie um just continue enjoying your holiday season next week we'll have a show right we're gonna have a show every week oh yeah so even over the holidays you can keep listening perpetuity What's that word mean? It means forever or until something else stops. Oh, nice. I like that word. Words of wisdom? Um, I already gave my words of wisdom. Happy holidays. Enjoy. That's really words of wisdom. Um, Enjoy the moment. Be present. Love people. Practice kindness. Hold the door open for someone today. Smile at someone. Keep trucking. I think that's what you meant to say. That's what I meant. Okay. Have a good week. Bye.